Welcome to the Saving Lives Podcast. I'm Eddie Joe. For historical context, today is the 16th of January of 2022. And this article that I'm going to be discussing today was published in the British Medical Journal, which is a very legitimate source for um, evidence-based medicine. And it was published there on the 7th of January. So I'm sorry I'm a little bit late on the podcast, but I know you all forgive me. But this, this study is titled Atorvastatin versus Placebo in Patients with COVID-19 in Intensive Care, and it's a randomized control trial. And I have to tip my hat to the authors. I think they overall did a very good job, and uh, I want to discuss the findings of this study. The reason why is because it bears repeating that I'm quite a fan of inexpensive, readily available therapies to help save the patients who we care for. I mean, especially in patients in ICU, even though uh, I kind of have a, I, I kind of have a, an outlook that, you know, these patients are many times too far gone. So when I received this article from Caroline Welch, who's one of the pharmacists who works with me, I was excited to read it because I was hoping that it would be a positive study. I was hoping that this would be another tool that we have in our arsenal. Obviously, by my choice of words, it did not pan out. And based on these data from the study, atorvastatin does not seem to help out our critically ill patients with COVID-19. I know that some people claim that we haven't tried hard enough to repurpose current therapeutics with known toxicities and effects that are also cheap and readily available during this pandemic. And there might be some merit to that. Everything is worth discussing. But this is a case where these authors in Iran, in Tehran to be completely uh, accurate as to where this, these institutions were, they did a fantastic job of trying to do exactly that. So let's quickly go ahead and review this study. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. As always, this is not medical advice, and I recommend you read the article for yourself as it's free for you to download down in the show notes. So what dose of atorvastatin was used for COVID patients? We all know that atorvastatin comes in 10, 20, 40, 80 milligrams. And here they chose to use 20 milligrams daily. Could they have used more? Yeah, you can make that argument that they could have used more. But you run the increased risks of hepatotoxicity as well as elevations in the CK of these patients, you know, the myalgias and all that. The other thing is that 80% of these patients were receiving anti, uh, antivirals such as remdesivir. And we do know that these affect the liver adversely in, in a certain subset of patients. So, you know, you don't want to go ahead and start somebody on a big gun, a torvastatin, 80 milligrams run the hepatotoxicity from that on top of the insult that's provided by these. In my opinion, I think that 20 milligrams was a good starting point. Somebody could potentially do 40 milligrams or higher, but uh, I think that you would have to weigh how much uh, antivirals are given to these patients. Again, as an aside, these patients weren't only getting a atorvastatin, they were also getting the standardized care at the time in Iran. And this included more than 90% of patients re receiving glucocorticoids, which is the one therapy that we, the therapy that we have that has the best evidence, and you know, 92 or 94 percent in the in the 
experimental and placebo arm respectively with regards to the percentages that we're receiving. It's also really cool how the authors were able to recruit so many patients in the ICU to the study. For example, in the Torvastatin group, there were 290 patients versus in the placebo group, there were 297 patients. So almost 600 ICU patients were enrolled into the study. And out of these patients, what did they try to do? What were the primary and secondary outcomes? And here's where I have a little bit of a hard time, and I think that this is a problem of mine, not necessarily of the studies. But I'm not a fan of these composite outcomes. And here the composite outcome is acute venous thrombosis, arterial thrombosis, treatment with ECMO, or all-cause mortality. I mean, they basically bundle all these things together. And I'm not a fan of these because I sometimes don't know how to interpret the data when it's these. And again, this might be me, but I'm just not a fan. It seems like answering a lot of questions at the same time. But here there were no differences. And there were also no differences in the secondary outcomes either, which included all-cause mortality, venous thromboembolism, and ventilator-free days. Table 1, which is on the article, and again, you can download it yourself, not trust me, shows the baseline characteristics of these patients. So to wrap this all up, I mean, I guess it's not going to be a long podcast. Should we start giving etorvastatin to our COVID patients in the ICU? And I think that we should not be starting etorvastatin for the anti-inflammatory effects based on these data, at least not until further notice. If you're looking for a therapy that does work in the ICU patients, here we could try baricitinib. I know that looking at figure three, which shows the subgroup analysis, could be encouraging as most, most of the things lean towards etorvastatin being beneficial. But after all, it shows that these odds ratios leaning to a torvastatin, of course, they're not statistically significant. And we need to be honest with ourselves about, about how we interpret these data. Now, in this study of almost 600 patients, the claim that same, some may have that it's underpowered is really not valid here, in, in my opinion, in order to find a treatment effect. I think, I think that they did a great job. I, if I were to think about enrolling 500 patients in my... Um, in my institution, I would it would be a couple years, and hopefully we would never be able to do it <laughs> because I simply do not want to take care of that many ICU patients. Not because I'm lazy, but because you know the patients when they get to the ICU they have poor outcomes. Again, I have to tip my hat to the authors as they did a great job. Uh, further management on the patients if they were already on a statin, I'd continue it. But if they weren't, I would not start it to potentially improve their COVID outcome unless they needed it for some other reason. I guess that's it. I guess it'll be a shorter podcast. Greatly appreciate your support. Please uh, give me a good review on the rankings for Apple as well as Spotify as it helps the podcast grow and helps reach more people and share it with your friends. They might enjoy it. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Have a great day. Bye.